This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, my sinners. Welcome to another episode of Weed Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told. And this podcast is all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman, in this case, of a professional rock and roll band. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, so this is going up a little bit later than usual. I like to pride myself on not being late delivering these things to you uh, very often, but occasionally something happens and... Uh, you know, there's been computer problems I've had before or, you know, some kind of problem with like finding an internet connection to upload the file, you know, something like that. But this one is all on me and uh, <laughs> I am very hungover uh, from my friend's Super Bowl party last night. And what a game that was, man. I, I don't have a lot of rooting interest um, either way, either the Patriots or the Atlanta Falcons, but I uh, was kind of hoping for uh, for Brady and Belichick to, to pull it off, and, and that'd be a cool story, I guess. I don't hate Tom Brady like so many people do, so that game was wild, and my friend Chris, he got a, he got a keg of uh, Elysian Space Dust, which is a very... Uh, high alcohol beer, uh, especially if you're drink, trying to drink it like at a Super Bowl party. I think it's like 8.2%. Great beer. Super fresh. Uh, thank you, Chris, for the delicious beer. But um, the plan was, you know, oh, I'll watch the game and I'll go home and I'll record the intro to the podcast and uh, that'll be fine. I'll upload it. It'll be up like, you know, around midnight, one o'clock. Well, after seven or eight uh, pints of 8% beer, I was in a way and I actually posted on the um, Facebook group chat we have for the um, All Access Club, which I'm going to tell you all about in a few minutes. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm wasted. I don't know what to do. And they're like, do a drunk intro. But I sadly decided that was maybe not a good call. I did attempt it, and then I was just not even making any sense. And uh, so I bailed on that. Um, but I know I did do a drunk uh, intro once before so maybe we'll keep the drunk intros just to maybe once every year uh if every other week i'm half in the bag doing these intros i think that maybe i have to admit that i have a problem so anyway so it's a little late but thank you very much for joining me uh it's a great episode this week one of my favorites uh another female guest which i always love sherry dupree bemis of isley joins me uh, she's terrific. Uh, she actually did this from her car in her driveway to get away from her two toddlers, which is amazing. So she has been very, very busy with <laughs> music, uh, with being a mother. And there's so much cool stuff we talk about, including her marriage to the very, very amazingly talented Max Bemis of Say Anything. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about the All Access Club. And we have just passed... Uh, the $2,000 a month threshold, which is actually super, super rad. That's what I've been looking to do for a while. And that money raised really does go a long way in helping the show keep going. And it's going to allow more and more things to happen. We're going to be able to do a Lead Singer Syndrome tour at some point. We're going to be able to bring in more and more guests, bigger guests, 
Uh, you know, I'm going to be doing things like flying to festivals to talk to people. So thank you to everybody that's joined the All Access Club because you really are helping this thing grow. Now, if you're wondering what it is, um, basically this show is free. It will always be free. Once a week, I will put out a podcast every Monday, or in this case, maybe Tuesday night. I don't know when this is coming out, um, but it will always be free. However, for some people, one episode a week is just not enough. And if you want more stuff, if you want bonus episodes with non-lead singers, if you want to hear more about me, hear about my story, I posted uh, one for the for the VIPs last week about uh, some of my musical upbringing, which uh, people said they really liked. So uh, that was fun. Uh, there's things like that going on. I do a monthly Q&A video where you can go on and ask me questions and I'll play some tunes. Um, and we also have Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise, which just came out. Uh, it's very cheap, and the whole thing is it is just for the members and the people that really care. So if you're willing to pony up a monthly fee, which is as little as $6 a month, you have access to all the Elite Singer Syndrome merchandise. Um, and of course, we're running contests all the time. You'll get access to the Facebook group, which is so much fun. Shout out to everybody on there. And there's other stuff like getting merch sent to you, you know, signed stuff, uh, all this stuff. It's just It's just stuff. How many times can I say stuff? Because there's a lot of stuff and it's great stuff. So check it out. The URL is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Go there. Just check it out. I'm not saying you have to sign up immediately. I just want you to go there and check it out and see if it's right for you. And thank you so much to everybody that has already signed up. Thanks again to everybody who listened last week as well. Great episode with Jack Grisham of TSOL. Um, I really enjoyed that interview. Um, like I like to remind you guys, we got like 60-something episodes, so go back. You don't have to listen to them in order. Just listen to whatever ones you know you think. There's some, But I will say, some of the ones with some of the people you maybe haven't heard of, some of those episodes are probably the best ones. So go back, check it out. As always, I love to hear your feedback. Please make sure you're following us on Twitter. It's at Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. Uh, Instagram, which is at Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm on Snapchat with the douchiest handle in the world. It is real Shane told. What am I, Donald Trump? This is awful. I probably have to change that. But I am on Snapchat. And of course, old-fashioned email, Lead Singer Syndrome at gmail.com. Calm. Feel free to get in touch. I love to hear from you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this. If anyone else is nursing a crazy hangover today, I feel your pain. Um, I got to say, man, the Monday after Super Bowl must be like the most taken off day of work because, you know, it used to, I used to feel like the Super Bowl was earlier and it was like during the day kind of and then, you know, you'd kind of get out of there. You know, and now these games, they just go on and on and on. I mean, I know it was overtime. They go on and on and on. I guess the commercials, too. Um, and it doesn't start till like, what, it's like 630 now. So I was pretty late. And I think that that's what I chalk it up to. Um, so, again, my apologies for this being late. Uh, but here it is. And it's a great one with Sherry Dupree Bemis of Isley.
Well, hey, um, <laughs> Sherry, it's uh, so good to have you on my show. Uh, Thank you, you said for you're getting me. into your car. Where are you going? Oh, I just, I'm going to sit in my driveway. It's just the quietest place, considering my two toddlers are inside right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, I yeah. know. I know you've been. Um, You've been very busy <laughs> with, I mean, yes. not just music lately, but having two daughters, right? And they're what? Yeah. Their birthdays are coming up uh, next month, both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're turning four and two. Four and two. When are yeah. their birthdays? I have a February birthday myself. Oh, really? What's yours? Mine's the 13th. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, my first daughter, Lucy, hers is the 11th. And then uh, the other one, Coraline, is the 25th. So they're literally... Two years and two weeks apart. That's funny, yeah. No, we have this thing in, in like my band and like our band and crew and all our friends. The the week of mid February, like like right around Valentine's Day, like mm-hmm. all of our birthdays are. So mine's the thirteenth, our guitar player Josh is the tenth, our you know, our other guitar Whoa. tech who worked for us for years is like he's also the tenth. We have another February eleventh, <laughs> so it's like birthday week, so it's just whenever we're yeah. on the road or whatever, it's always uh always a good time. You just got all got each other Valentine's and shared chocolates and sweet notes. But it makes you wonder (laughs) kind of like, like, I don't know if you believe in like horoscopes or, Uh you know, any of that astrological stuff. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, they do say that Aquarius has a certain personality. Right. You know, and and then, you know, when we take our band, for example, it's like, is it just coincidence that we have all these musicians (laughs) and people that love music all together that are all born the same week? It's true. Like, I mean, I don't like, yeah, I don't really follow any of that stuff. But whenever people mention it to me, or like, I'll post a picture of my daughter and say something about, you know, something she did. And they're always like, oh, yeah, totally. It's because she's a, you know, what the, da, 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 and they'll name her sign. And, and it's just like, oh, I'm always like, whoa, that's actually really, really matches up with what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's, but, it is, it is kind of crazy. No, well, that's yeah. going to be crazy. You know, you think about having birthdays like the same month, like with your kids, like maybe that's, a good thing you kind of like bang yeah, it out right? all at the same time or maybe it it's is kind of nice i mean i don't know how long they're gonna let me make them share a party i mean probably <laughs> yeah. not i probably don't have many years to kind of just milk that but no. hopefully i mean they they get along so good i'm hoping they'll just be best friends and i can do it till they're like you know just don't want parties anymore <laughs> it's so much easier you never know man you never know <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling though like like I picture, you know, I have a few kids that have daughters that are around like, uh, like nine or 10 now maybe. Yeah. And it's, oh man, yeah. it's like they have the full on, like the full blown, like princess parties and like, yeah, oh God. it's, I think it's coming. So look out. No, I'm, not, I'm not ready for, I'm not ready for big kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Like I guess my, for, to start off asking, actually asking you things, um, mm-hmm. how has it been like the last, I guess now, you know, your daughter's turning four. How has it been balancing just that, you know, being a mom and also being a musician, still mm-hmm. putting out records, touring? How, how has that been for you? It's been, you know, just kind of learn as you go. I mean, we, we never really had a plan, uh, you know, when my husband, my husband is in a band too. He's in a band called Same Thing. So they tour, you know, they tour tons too. Right, sure. So I don't know. We just, we never were too stressed about it. We were like, you know, let's, we want to have kids. Let's start having kids. And, and we just always kind of figured that we would figure it out. And so far we've just kind of figured it out. I know it, I know, I think you have to have a certain personality type to even fathom the idea of touring in a band 
with children, with children. Like when I actually talk about it and think about it, I'm like, I sound, I mean, we sound like crazy people that we do this, but I don't know. I just, we love what we do so much. So we didn't ever want to stop doing it just and change, you know, everything about who we were and our passions and what we loved whenever we started having kids, we just, you know, figured we would make them a part of it. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, and it's been amazing. The kids, you know, I don't know, you know, when they get to a certain age, they might be like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of touring and I don't want this life. And, you know, and then we'll change our priorities and we'll, we'll work around, you know, obviously all of that if it happens. But so far, they just love it. They love, you know, we're home for big chunks of time, but then yep. because they go on the road and they're on this, you know, buses and bandwagons and seeing different cities and we take them to parks and we do lots of fun stuff. So to them, it's like, you know, it's just what they know and they sure. love it. So it's, it's been, you know, it's definitely challenging. You yeah. know, it's not for the, not for the faint of heart, but it's, it's fun. You know, I love it. Well, it's funny how your, your four year old's probably been to more places than most 40 year old people. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh already. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, she's been way more places than I had been at her age. You know, for by sure. the time I was even 13, she's been more places than I was. So anyway, no, that's crazy. But just balancing that, I just, I just imagine, you know, I know how it is. I, obviously, I'm a, you know, a full time touring guy as well. <laughs> yeah. So I know how much time there is in the day, really, just for me, just to like, you know, have my own personal time. You know, between especially like if it's a headline tour and you've got sound check yeah. and you've got press and then you know you got maybe a meet and greet or like all these yeah. things you have to do. Just having that time. I mean, do you bring? You must bring some kind of a babysitter, like, along with you for when you're... Yeah, well, on the last tour, yeah, on the last few tours, I've always had at least, like, a sister or someone on tour with me who I could, you know, if I did have interviews or meet and greets and things like that, it just, you know, they would hang out with with my sisters. But this will be the actually the first tour coming up that none of my sisters are are actually touring with me. So, um, but it's going to work out where my husband... Is going to be off tour while we're on tour, so he's just going to come and kind of like you know if what if I have meet and greets and VIP stuff, he'll just watch the girls and it's Sweet. it's cool we can all be together and you know there's daddy there, so it's he's it's, going to come hang. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's if for for Max and I, I I know Max over the years I've met him a few times and and, yeah. uh, and everything. Yeah, um, it must be weird for him. And I guess this hasn't happened yet, but I, I you know I could see it being weird being like okay I'm going to go on tour. And I'm not going to actually have to play music or worry about that. I'm just going to be yeah. hanging out. Like that must be kind of like rad. I, he, I'd yeah, he loves have fun it. With that. He loves it. It was his idea. You know, I was yeah. going to hire someone to go with us. He was like, "Wait, no. What, what are we thinking? I will come. We can be together." And because we like the kind of family that we are, that's just it's very important that we're together as much as possible. Like he hates staying home. You know, when we go off on the road, and you know, he just he hates it. He wants to be around us and the girls, and so it. Um, He's excited about it. We're actually going to be, he will have to do some music because we're going to be recording on the road. Uh, our, we have a band together named, called Perma, which yeah, has only yeah. put out one record. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that um, just kind of casually on the road recording it. So it, it should be interesting. <laughs> no, it's, it's just really cool. And, and it's, it's such a different thing. You know, I talk to most people and most people either don't have children or, you know, they don't incorporate it you know, really into their touring yeah. life at all. But with you and <laughs> mm-hmm. your husband being so busy, that's just, um, that is super crazy. I mean, it's cool yeah. too. Like I, I, you know, obviously Isley, you've been around a long time. Um, I know all about mm-hmm. your band and, and all about the history of it. And, and, 
um, it's kind of cool now because it's almost like the the family, the Dupree family, is like growing, you know, oh, with God, with yeah. more girls. <laughs> um, um, and, and that's another unique thing about you is just over you know your band's history. You've had so much of it has been to do with family, mm-hmm. um, you know, and having sisters and cousins and and everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just mentioned you know, two of your sisters aren't in the band anymore. Now, now, how has that been? Um, changing members, you know, on the road and stuff for people that aren't like you know necessarily um, unconditionally loved, like your family would be. Like, how has that <laughs> <Right>. dynamic changed <laughs> on the like on the road? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been way less of a of a thing than I thought it was going to be. You know, whenever, you know, my family kind of started coming to, to us and, you know, saying, you know, I like, I, I, I hate to do this and I, I love Isley and I just can't, you know, tour anymore. I have, I have my family and my kids and I, you know, I need to stay home, you know, because I have the lucky situation where my husband's in a band. So we can work it out to where we can, you know, he can come on the road with me and he doesn't have, you know, a, a, have to stay here and Tyler and you know go to a, a you know a specific job so it really works for us so whenever you know everyone started coming and I can't sing I can't do this anymore it was very like kind of devastating emotionally just because I loved so much you know what we had and so did everyone but um I never even had the thought that I wanted to stop doing it you know so I was just right they were you know everyone was very supportive and they were like you know keep doing it you can do it just and so it really took a lot of encouragement from them to to tell me you can keep doing this, you know, you can do this without us, you know, it'll it'll be great, you don't have to stop. So once I kind of wrapped my mind around that, um, it, everything just started falling into place. You know, I had a lot sure. of help, and um, you know, my cousin Garen, who's been playing with us, you know, basically since the beginning, yeah, um, is you know, he's like my brother. So he wanted to just keep going for it, and he loves Isley and. And then my other, his brother was playing drums for us, touring with us now. And so it's still very, it feels very much, you know, the same. You know, it feels like Isley and the people that we bring on tour with us to fill in with, you know, keys and other guitar and stuff, they're, they've become like family. Because cool. we just have been so lucky to find this group of people who are just very warm, like beautiful people. And, and it's, they love the kids and they love the whole environment and they, they really understand it and they get behind it. So, it has been, I feel very lucky because, you know, I, it could have just, you know, disappeared and just crumbled, but, you know, we were able to, you know, sustain it. And I'm so happy. And so, you know, I feel like more, more passionate about it than I have even felt in years because it's just been, once you are faced with losing something that's so precious to you, you're like, Oh no, like, Whoa. And you realize how much even more it means to you. And whenever you're, given the chance to keep doing it, you know, you really, you don't take it for granted at all. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's also interesting too. I, I, this kind of just made me think of, of a conversation I had with, um, with Spencer from under oath mm-hmm. and, and he talked about how, you know, early on in the band, um, they felt like 
you know, they were all, they were the, the same kind of guys. They grew up with, you know, um, conservative families in Florida. They went on mm-hmm. tour together. They were yeah. together all the time. And they, Spencer basically called it like, we were all kind of like the same dude. And then as yeah. we got older, we started, sort of started to find our own identities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess exactly. that, that must've been what happened with you and your, mm-hmm. and your sisters and your cousin, uh, uh, as well, you know, and your family members, just mm-hmm. like, you're like, you wake up one day and it's like, well, wait, I don't need to be the same as her. That right. doesn't mean I love her any less. It just means yeah. we, our paths are different. It's so true. I think everyone just, you know, since we were siblings, you know, which is like this crazy bond and we grew up writing music together and we just basically learned how to do what we do together. So I yeah. think it was really hard for everyone to even understand why they were kind of feeling, you know, kind of feeling less less into it even i think they, there was a lot of guilt involved with the people who started having those feelings and finally you know we all just talked about it and they're like yeah i think i just it's really not my dream anymore sure and it makes sense like who would expect you know who would expect four or five kids to you know have the same dream their whole life that's not really reality i mean so no, um, no. <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm lucky in my band that i've we've had the same you know well, four out of five members of the entire band yeah. because we all are on the Rare. same page. We all are basically mm-hmm. the same dude. So, hey, whatever. But um, so uh, let's yeah. talk about how th- this this whole thing just started. Like, you know, you talk about growing up with your sisters and everything. Um, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the story and you've probably told it a million times, but I'm sure some of the listeners are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to just hear about what your upbringing was like, how you became is such a musical family and mm-hmm. and obviously your parents must have been like wicked supportive so yeah. <laughs> so you know uh can we start there i'd love to hear kind of the story about about totally. just how you got involved loving music and then p- eventually playing music and playing music professionally it's really cool yeah um it was very it was a very natural kind of slow progression i mean we um my family yeah we're very close grew up in kind of this small town kind of on the outskirts of a small town so you know what we didn't even live in town and we were homeschooled suburb of too, a suburb. So, yeah <laughs> and we're all homeschooled so you know we had a lot of time just together as a family and a lot of free time to um kind of figure out what it was that made us tick you know personally and, and what we loved and our parents um I, they you know weren't very you know super musical my mom they both sing they're always singing with us teaching us how to pick out harmonies and and um yeah so there was there was some you know kind of casual coaching there but just for fun you know because they loved it um my dad played drums and bands growing up in high school and stuff um well, that sounds so pretty we, damn yeah. musical to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, our parents were that musical. Well, my dad played drums and bands in high school. I'm like, guess, okay, yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. I just mean no one did it even on at all a professional right, scale right, or right. Any real performances. But um, so yeah, they just we had guitars around, we had instruments. Um, our dad, you know, taught us to play a few chords, and I just remember sitting there with my sister and um with guitar, and we kind of realize well like we can write our own songs like this is a thing this is amazing this is possible it just had never occurred to us before you know we're like 12. so how, how old are you oh you say you're 12 yeah so we just kept playing together and writing songs and um we would play in our coffee house local coffee houses um yeah and you know what i we just i don't know we just would we just started playing everywhere playing in dallas and the club scene there and just kind of gathered attention um 
from people and then we started having labels interested and doing showcases and you know it it was very you know nothing ever we were pushing for it wasn't like we were reaching out to labels and and trying to to get signed you know even though back then that was like well getting signed was like a big sure. dream and you know nowadays it's it's less so um even it's necessary yeah. but yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah, we just did it because we loved it. We would play music together, and it was so much fun. And our parents would drive us, you know, <laughs> to these clubs in our suburban, throw our little amps in the back of the, right. the car. Right. So I guess with all the <laughs> all the uh, siblings and everything, you already had a big vehicle, so that wasn't a problem. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> it was easy. We had a great support of parents who just, you know, were were loved. They loved to help us, and so um, you know, from there, I just kind of, you know, went. We got signed, and then yeah, I, I want to talk about the signing thing because because um you know nowadays, like you said, signing doesn't work the same way. And w- the first mm-hmm. label you were on was Warner Brothers. Is that correct? Yes. And so, I mean, that's a big thing. Like Warner Brothers, yeah. that you know, you don't just like wake up one day and hey, we're on Warner Brothers. So there must have been, <laughs> especially back in those days, there was mm-hmm. probably a lot of money involved. I mean, especially like oh, God, just yeah. um, just compared to like what it is today, For and, sure. and like um. And there must have been like the A and R guys, like the I just pictured like the douchiest oh, yeah. guys flying oh, yeah. over and telling you what you <laughs> yeah. want to hear and taking you out to like the most expensive steakhouse. Is that is that how it works yes, for for you ex- for you? That was exactly how it was, you know. And it was funny because, like I said, we were just these kind of homeschool. I mean, we didn't really not not like homeschooling is like you're an idiot. I loved homeschooling. It was like made it made it possible to do what we did. But just you know, we had no real social um interactions beyond like our church and our family so right. you know we had these people flying in and trying to wine and dine us and it was it was exciting you know but for us it was very strange and i think no one really knew what they were i mean obviously no one knew what they were doing in in our band um luckily had you know parents who were looking out for us and thankfully but you know so we did we um actually the the guys who managed Coldplay um, at the time, I don't know if they still do, but they came to see us in Dallas and wanted to work with us. So then, you know, from there, we got on the Coldplay tour, which was, you know, that yeah, was wild. jumping up on jumping up and down in our beds, you know, status. That's That was amazing. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the label thing, I don't know. You know, it was right towards the end when labels were kind of, kind of losing their grip yeah. and everything was yeah. going under. And so we kind of, got in there right before all that happened and it was you know it was good you know it got it helped us it gave us a push you know and helped us kind of get our footing and 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 keep doing what we wanted to do and kind of build our our dream up you know but then it did crumble and it was very weird and devastating and confusing and you know we were scrambling and you know but everyone was at that point well the the problem was that was not you or the band it was the just the industry you know yeah, the industry and, just fell apart and, and either you know and with with your band i mean warner brothers probably either needed you to be like the next cold play i mean at least success yeah, wise sure. yeah. or or it was just never never going to happen so you, yeah. you know the the deck was kind of stacked against you totally um, it, was, it was weird absolutely absolutely um <laughs> do you have any funny stories about those guys coming out from from the record label like i, I oh had kind God, of a funny dude. funny story that i'll yeah. share with you about one of my old bands and maybe you'll think of oh, something i, would I, love to I hear was it. in this this like kind of alt rock radio rock band which i wasn't really my passion uh but i was sort of filling in 
on bass. And, and mm-hmm. I was still, I was in Silverstein at the time, actually, but we were just yeah. a local band. And Atlantic Records wanted to sign us. Mm. And they flew into Toronto and they took us to this steakhouse. And I'm, well, I'm a vegetarian, first of all. So, well, the other guys in my band weren't, but, but I, and they didn't know. So I was like, oh, whatever. It's okay. So I like came along and I remember they brought out this like tray of meat and they were holding (laughs) the steaks up. Like they had them wrapped and they were like showing us the steaks. Like, I don't know why (laughs) someone wants to see a raw steak, but hey, whatever. And they were like holding it like right beside my head. And anyways, the thing I remember most is the, we were dressed like, we were going to a nice place. I don't remember. I was dressed like kind of nicer. Like I wasn't wearing like a ripped denim jacket with a back patch or anything, you know? So I was wearing like a nicer shirt and the, uh, A&R guy like rolled in, like he looked like borderline homeless, like what he was wearing. (laughs) And he was wearing a baseball hat in like a really nice restaurant. And apparently... I guess the waiter came over and said, um, excuse me, sir, um, there's been a request from another table for you to remove your uh, cap. Oh, my God. And he goes, um, you can uh, politely tell the um, person who requested it to fuck off. <laughs> and he refused to, to take his baseball oh hat off. And I don't know. It was just like it was one of those things where it was like. You're like, what is happening? Where am I? Yeah, because I mean, I hadn't dealt with any sort of rock star stuff at all. And I was like, okay, like, basically, you know, this is the lifestyle. You just do whatever you want and you just tell the world to fuck off. So I'm just like picturing that guy at your meeting when Isley's like trying to sign you guys as like we were probably like teenagers. Um, Oh, yeah, there was definitely, yeah, definitely a few steakhouses involved, similar scenarios. What is it with steakhouses? Why do they think we all just want to go to steakhouses? How is that impressive? Yeah, like, like, let's take them to a steakhouse. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they did early on, and that was one of the things, you know, the label, um, they would try to get us, I think they were hoping, they're like, oh, girls in a band, like, you know, I think they were hoping we would be like a Hillary because they wanted us to tour with Hillary Duff. That was one of the bands. Oh. They were kind of trying to get us in that world, and we straight up said no. We were like, we want to be like you know a band band. We don't really like a you know at the time it was like pop. They want us to be like a poppy girl thing. I think that's probably what they saw when they they came to see us. Like, oh, this is what I can make. This this will be money, money. Yeah. But you know, we wanted to be like you know we wanted to be like musicians and and you know have our career and so you know it didn't they didn't like that i think it was it was a mistake from the get-go they just we weren't what the label needed us to be for sure yeah well i kind of look at your career and you know you mentioned that you toured with coldplay which um, first of all, that must have been wild. I, were they like yeah. really like still like were this it like was it like an arena stadium tour when you did it? Was it that big yeah, at that point? I mean, they did. You know, they played Red Rocks and, and oh, cool. Madison Square Garden, and so. Oh my god, you played Red Rocks on like one of your oh first tours. Yes, it was you talk crazy. about being spoiled early. <laughs> I know. I mean, we were we were like kids in a candy store. They played sure. you know the Hollywood Bowl, and it was oh, nuts. Man. It was very nuts. They were very sweet at the time. You know, down to earth very it didn't feel i mean the venues were crazy yes but you know and it's like oh my god there's chris martin and you're such a fan you know so it was it was a little trippy but it was an amazing experience you know i i would love to do it now again but i'll probably never have a chance but it was fun uh, you never I, appreciate, know, but... I appreciate it i appreciate it i was there and it was really you know we never took it for granted so 
you know, I feel like I actually, when I was living it, I was appreciating it. So at least I could say that. Of course. Yeah, of course. And, and but I guess my question um, related to that was, you know, you get on Warner Brothers Records, major label, mm-hmm. huge, and you have basically every opportunity, um, which I think in some ways is a huge blessing for a new yeah. band, but in some ways it's kind of a curse because then they're like, well, you should work with this producer and you should work with yeah. these songwriters and you should get, and, and then it's like everybody's trying to push you their way that they think, because first of all, there's a lot invested. And second of mm-hmm. all, uh, they just can, like they can. So why yeah, wouldn't you they want control, the best? They own you. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> how was, how was that? Were they, were they really hands on with saying with like, yeah, like telling you what songs to write, telling you, um, what images, what image to have, especially being, I imagine like with, yeah. with women, it's more important kind of, Yeah. which no, I hate to say exhausting. that, but I think it's no, right. It's true. Um, yeah, it's true. So it I'm just wondering how that, how that shook out, how that was with, with Warner brothers. I mean, it was, it was just a weird, it was such a weird time. Like when I look back, I feel like it's such a blur and I can't even fully grasp what was happening in those years just because it was so, so many ups and downs and there was so much pressure and it was, it was just, ugh. it was not, it wasn't, you know, it should have, of course, playing was fun. I mean, it did all these tours and that was amazing. That's what we wanted to do, but all the surrounding stuff and the, and you know the the pushing with you know you, you know you can't record that song it's not radio friendly or you hear these songs are fine but we need two more radio songs and just the pressure to do that kind of oh, stuff God, it, yeah. it's it's yuck it's yuck it doesn't it's not conducive to to being creative and, and you know we're just not I don't know we're never that kind of kind of band we weren't ever going to be so you know I mean now looking back I, f- I feel proud of us because even though we were really young, we since we knew who we were and where we were coming from and really had, you know, this family environment that really, you know, was just behind us. Um, and there, there, so there was no weird pressure from it, any of our family to do or to choose or to, to be anything other than what we were and what we knew we were. So, you know, we were very kind of from the beginning like, you know, no, we're not going to do this. And yeah. That's not who we are. That's not what we want. And, you know, within reason, because like you said, they have, there's a lot of investors in the label and they're trying to support you. And, but they also have their own agenda. So it was, you know, it was stressful. And I, looking back, I, I, like I said, I feel proud of us, but I'm very, so much happier now. Oh my gosh. You know, and we were off, a, we were, didn't have a label for a while um, after the Warner Brothers thing happened and kind of were just searching around just to have help, you know, from not a big label, just, you know, a label that would support us and help us and kind of meet goals and, and get out there, but not smother us and yeah. be weird. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so when we found Equal Vision, um, I just, I still feel so lucky that this, they're just... They are what we needed. They're, yeah, they're some of the they best love people. the band. Yeah, they're the amazing people. And they I feel like I talk us. about Dan from Equal Vision like every week on the show. I don't know. Like his name <laughs> always comes up. Him, yeah. And he's one of my favorite favorite people despite um, you know, my band never actually being on Equal Vision. Like right. he's still a guy that's around I talk to and, and he's still a good yeah. friend. They just love they love music and they know yeah. everything about all their bands and, and they care so much and so I don't know when, whenever this is just, it's the best environment, you know, at least for us, because we have 
the support we need, but we also have creative freedom. Oh my gosh, they just give us complete creative freedom, and it's amazing. Cool. No, that's all I, mean, I can ask for. Right. That's, that's the thing. Creative freedom <laughs> is something like I've taken for granted because I've never had a label tell me like we just we make the records and then we send them to the label and that's it. Yeah. There's no yeah, changes. You know. <laughs> right. Um. But but you know, looking back, you said looking back a few times, like looking back at your legacy, at your discography, um, are there songs from those first, did you do two records or three records with Warner Brothers? Um, we did two official, well, yeah, we okay. did two. Call it we two. We did a third, yeah, we did three, but they didn't, it was like, you know, our contract is up, so Ace right. Division ended up putting it's it. It's not important. So, yeah. Just yeah. when you look at those, like, let's say, <laughs> the first two records when they were really like hands on and telling you what to do. Do you look back at those records and be like, Oh man, like, like I wish they didn't force us to write this song or like change this lyric or like, or do you still feel like you kind of made it work and now the songs are what they are or, or are there kind of regrets where you're like, man, there was a version of that song like back in 2005 <laughs> that was like way better and like way cooler. Right. I mean, there's a mixture of all of the above. I think, um, I, you know, some of the songs, we're basically untouched and, and those I love, but there are, you know, maybe at least one per record yeah. where they were, you know, we were kind of forced to write something that was like catchy and radio right. friendly, quote unquote, um, which those, you know, those are not my favorite songs, but is I, there one I in particular you can't stand? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. One of the songs I don't really care for is my lovely. I think it's on combinations, okay. but, and, and yeah, I never, I just, you know, I like the song. It's not like it's a bad song. It just, it was one of the ones where they were like, go write a radio song. And, you know, it was funny. It never ended up on the radio, of course. But, well, of course not. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. They never do. But, um, so when I hear the record, I always think of that. So I'm like, oh, no, I could, I wish I could have just written a song that was like actually from, you know, my gut and, and instead of just thinking about it so much when I wrote it. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got to take a quick break to hear from our awesome sponsor, Loot Crate. But we will be right back with more from me and Sherry. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit. And then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech... 
You've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. So we are lucky on this podcast to have a really, really cool sponsor that actually does something awesome. I'm glad I don't have to sell dishwasher detergent or, or anything like that. It really is awesome what Loot Crate is doing. I don't know why I said dishwasher detergent. That's random. I think because the Tide commercial, <laughs> the Tide commercials were so good in the Super Bowl. There were some great ads. This ad will not be that good. But thank you very much for, for checking this out because Loot Crate is really, really throwing us a bone and they can throw you a bone too because they have such a great service. If you're into nerdy stuff like me, if you're a geek, if you like pop culture, if you like cult movies, if you like retro video games, uh, they have anime, uh, they have gaming stuff. They actually have gaming stuff like where you, you know, for like new school gamers. I'm an old school guy, but they have new school gaming packages as well. They have all these different crates. And the best thing is they're less, they're like less than 20 bucks a month. You get four to six items and the stuff they send is really, really cool. They've been sending it to me every month free of charge. Thank you, Loot Crate. That's very nice of you. But if they didn't, or if they one day stop, I'm definitely signing up because it's just rad. And I just love some of the like little things they send. And, you know, I got this, this little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like ceramic shot glass, which I mean, I would definitely pay like 10, 12 bucks just for that alone and it just came you know along with like this actual kind of sick like pin, like enamel pin a t-shirt you know all this stuff is always coming to me and it, they really really do a good job so if you're on a quest for epic gear housewares and collectibles loot crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or you are that geek loot crate is the best surprise you know is coming Every month, there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. So here it, here it is. This is what you want to hear. Roll up your sleeves and get ready to celebrate some of pop culture's most put-together... See what they did there? Put-together franchises. February's hands-on theme is Build and features Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Never really got into the Power Rangers personally but we got oh batman obviously batman's awesome lego dimensions i love lego so much oh my god any anytime i have to buy a kid a present i buy him lego it's my favorite and the ultimate building video game tetris 
which I'm a huge Dr. Mario guy. Tetris, also awesome. I guarantee you, you could not beat me in either of those games. And as always, our monthly t-shirt and pin. Here's how Loot Crate works. Listen up. This is important. You have until February 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific, that's midnight Eastern, to subscribe and receive this month's crate. When that cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So you got to get there soon before the 19th or you're not going to get the sick Lego Batman Power Rangers. I'm sure people like the Power Rangers. Not my thing. It's okay. And Tetris. To get that stuff, you got to be there by the 19th. So head over to LootCrate.com slash LeadSinger and enter the promo code LeadSinger to save $3 off any new subscription today. Again, the link is LootCrate.com slash LeadSinger and enter promo code LeadSinger. So um, you're married to Max Bemis of Say Anything, who, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he has such a reputation, um, I, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. He has this sort of, <laughs> it's like if you asked somebody like a fan of his or somebody in the scene or whatever, not somebody like immersed in it. Oh, what do you think right. about Max Bemis? People are like, well, he's kind of crazy. He takes medication. <laughs> he, you know, like he's this kind of tortured like genius but he's this amazing songwriter and you know what I mean and there's like all these different sort of things that different brushes you can paint this guy with but Mm -hmm. like tell me what it really is like like what he's really like to you and and how it's been obviously like meeting him what your thoughts were when you met him and and how it's kind of how he really is now Mm -hmm. well definitely like all the things you said I would not say aren't true about him (laughs) you know I would use I myself would use all those words to describe him, but he, I mean, I don't know. We, we started talking. Uh, I'd been through a divorce, which was like just so shitty. My life was torn apart. And so I was, you know, kind of at this mindset where of just going, I don't want to talk to any, like, I don't want to meet a guy. I don't want to talk to a guy for, for however long it takes. If it's a, yeah. a year two years, whatever, I don't care. I was just done. I was so done. And then he, out of the blue, emailed me to ask me to sing on um, this project with Chris Conley that he was doing called Two Tongues. Sure. And, you know, I was a fan of, I was a fan of both their bands. I didn't, you know, know much about them or I didn't know anything about him. But um, it was just, I'm not even kidding. This sounds like a fairy tale, fucked up, stupid thing I'm saying. But whenever <laughs> I got his first email, I was just like, I just felt so, there was like this weird, I was like, oh shit, like, there's some kind of weird connection. I had, you know, really just so through weird. an e- just from an email. Yeah, it was so weird. I'm telling you, I just think some things are meant to be for sure. So, you know, I started emailing back and I did this project and we just started talking, you know, emailing and talking online, then texting. It was very like a gradual process, but I'm like that first week. It was like the first week or two that we had been talking. I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. Wow. I just knew. It was weird. And I got, you know, I'm not that kind of person who just thinks that kind of thing. You know, I'm not like, I don't have like, I'm a daydreamer, but I'm not. Yeah. So it must be weird though. Like being, being, um, like a professional, you know, musician and you're taking your job seriously and somebody from another band like emails you to, to, you know, to go and do a job. It must, was it weird (laughs) transitioning from like, okay, I'm like, this is like a, a work thing. To yeah. like, oh shit, we're texting and it's like getting personal. <laughs> like, how was that transition? It was very chill. I mean, um, he he just, you know, it was just a vocal that they wanted me to sing on this song. So, you know, it was, and also he, I mean, 
to rat him out a little bit. He nice. Knew. I like this. Yeah, rat him yeah, out. Yeah, I told him I'll rat him out all day. He had actually had a crush on me for a while, apparently. Oh, like, you know, yeah. I didn't know this. I've never talked to him before. I never met him or talked to him. I didn't know this. But so he, you know, obviously through mutual friends, knew that I had been divorced like a while, you know, a while back, a few months prior. And so he was kind of like, you know, putting out the, he was kind of putting out the bait. They <laughs> 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 were like, they were like, you know, eight years later, two kids. So. Right. That's, um, that's a no, cool he's, story. He's amazing. He's like, you know, he is, he is just crazy creative. His brain, I don't understand it. He, he can do all these, I don't know. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that he is just, he has this bipolar, but it like, He's very good about, you know, he takes his medication and he gets his sleep and he's very diligent about making sure he's healthy, you know, for us. And it's amazing. Um, so he's, he's, he's great. He's like the perfect man. And he's just, he, you know, he takes care of us and he loves us and he's always there for us. And I just can't, there's not enough good words to say about him, but he's just so creative and he, there's nothing that he can't accomplish if he thinks that I want to accomplish this. Which is very encouraging, inspiring for me as right. an artist to be around because sure. I've I've learned a lot. I'm like, whoa, you know, like just if you think of these things you want to do, you just you make them happen. You do just them. Do like, it. Yeah. Not, nothing's impossible. And, and right, he's that kind of person. So it's it's really cool to be around. You know. Um. Anyway. So yeah. No. No. I love that, him. <laughs> that is uh that is really really cool. And um, yeah. I know like obviously yeah. There's there's been a lot of talk about your previous marriage, and I don't want to harp on it because it's so long ago. But I did oh, read. Oh, okay. I did it's read. Do you say? Yeah. Well, I did read. You say something like like I was married. Yeah, I was married to to him, uh, Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory. I was married to him for five minutes. It's like <laughs> I believe what you said in something I wrote, which I was kind of like. It's. Yeah. I thought that was kind of like a cute way of being like downplaying it, but also, you know, um, yeah, you know, no, I mean, kind of showing so that you're, you've gone, gone yeah. past it. Yeah. Right. And, and I did. And ever, you know, there's no, it's not like there's any bad blood or anything. You know, I, I haven't seen them since we were divorced, but I mean, I, I, it was, you know, it was like, I don't know. It was just a weird thing. You know, we fell into this relationship and before I knew it, even knew it, we were like engaged and, he was building a, we were building a house in Tyler and, and it was just so fast and I don't know. And then before I knew it, it had only been like nine months and he was like, I want a divorce. And so I was like, whoa, like, you know, I was 20 something. I was like 21, maybe. I don't know. I was a kid. I was a baby. And it was just, it just, my world was rocked. But you know, I had, like I said, I had an amazing family and amazing friends and, and, I don't know. I was really able to turn it around and turn it into something. You know, I poured all my energy into photography and art and drawing. And, and it was actually like this super beautiful time for me after it happened. And it was yeah. devastating as hell. Right, I mean, right. No one gets through that without any scars. But it was, you know, it was a very important part of my life. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it. You know, it, it, it was necessary, I think, for it to kind of make me who I am today. It, you know, it was whatever. It's just life. Life is shitty. Whatever. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, life life can be can be shitty, I but know, it's I, proof I that it. it's sometimes you need to you need to really, um, you know, sink down pretty low to be yeah, able to pull yourself up even exactly. higher than you were. You know, so you have to have those. You have to have those shitty dark moments. You know, in your life sometimes, and it's very key to to 
really appreciating what you have. Absolutely. You write songs. Um, I know you have the project with Max, like Perma. Um, mm-hmm. How is it working with Max, like not on the husband level, but like on the music level, like writing songs with him? Because I imagine, I mean, he's a... He, well, the thing is, there's two things. First of all... Mm-hmm. He, I've always he's always struck me as a guy that kind of works on his own like typically Mm -hmm. like you know all those say anything songs that he wrote over the years it seems like he kind of did it himself and I know he played all Mm -hmm. the guitars on them and everything Um, but how is it collaborating with him and and like just from a songwriter's perspective it's it's really easy I mean he does like work very well alone and he and he he'll you know he'll think oh my gosh like I have this song idea and he'll go and write like five songs in a day and I just don't understand how he does it but he's very easy to work with because he just he's very open and he loves ideas and he loves you know he's not one of those people who's like no I have this idea this is what we're doing you know he's very you know just open to anything so it's very actually easy to work with him and to collaborate with him because he just he has so many ideas himself and he he just you know and he's obviously he's like a big fan of of my songwriting and and what i do so you know he i've never had him even say "Mm, i don't not feel that or i don't like that (laughs) which is you know i i would hope that he's not just being nice because i don't think he is because he wouldn't put out anything that he doesn't stand behind 100 like he's not that kind of person so it's actually very easy to work with him um yeah, so I, I think he's actually going to probably use, um, we just worked with Will Yip on this last record, and he yeah. loves Will. So he's wanting to have Will work on, do their next record, which would be really cool, because I'm excited about that. No, no, that's that's really cool. Was it um was it hard to get Max to move from Los Angeles to uh, Tyler, Texas, or wherever you Oh my now? gosh, no. He was stoked? Because that's a big him, change. <laughs> it is, it's huge, but he didn't care. Whenever when we first started talking... That was one of the things I kind of up front. I was like, hey, like, I see that we're kind of, we have a thing that's happening. I just want you to know I can't move away from Texas. I want to be here. My family's here. Like, so if you want to actually date me and be serious, like, I'm not messing around. Like, you will have to move here. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> literally, I'm not kidding. Like, a few weeks later, he was here in Tyler. So, wow. The man, the man knew what he wanted. <laughs> he got rid of it. Good. So it was easy. He loves it here. It's, it's Go Max, a great yeah. little. We have this great little community, and so you know we travel so much. Sure. That when we come home and we have this beautiful, safe little haven, this quiet little town, and my, you know, my kids' grandparents are here, and it's just fun, and I love it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, you know, I live in downtown Toronto for years and years, and and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like always in a city. Like I'm on tour, I'm in a city. I'm home, I'm in a city. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never get that to experience that. Like, oh yeah, I can just be like, chill, and I don't have to hear yeah, traffic noise. And, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I think it's a, it's a good it's it's a good for us. We like it. So. No, that that is rad. And and if you want to ask Max if he wants to. uh to do my podcast sometime that would be cool too oh my gosh he would love to no i think I a long time ago he was so he was like oh yeah totally he's like that guy yeah too. I love band. so i was like yeah, yeah I'll come. I, yeah it's been a long time since i talked to max and i think i was gonna do i think i was gonna do one a while ago with both max and chris when they were gonna do the two tongues oh when yeah. it was like they were like working on it and and i think i was talking to equal vision about it at the time but yeah i'm sure it'll happen Oh my so, gosh, yeah, I, that was a crazy, when those two guys were here working, because yeah, we have a studio in our... I was going to ask you, like, yeah, okay. I was like, I was like, what's the guitar uh, collection look like in the Dupree Bemis home? <laughs> you know what is funny? Max and I are not, like, 
gear nerds at all. So we have guitars, but, you know, we're not, like, we don't know much about guitars. It's funny. Like, that we're is funny. We're, it is. It's, like, very kind of, kind of lame, but we're just not, you know, we love to write, and we know what sounds that we like, but we're not the kind of people who, like, know what gear to even to use to get those sounds like it's so sad. I'm like, shocked. I think so Max much. would be like all a, like a huge pedal guy or like something not. like that. He's not. All he knows what how to get the sounds that he wants because he's like this weird creative genius. But I mean, otherwise we're not like guitar nerds, you oh. know. I mean, I love I I have my Rickenbacker that I bought, you know, whenever we got signed to Warner Brothers, and it's still my favorite guitar. This one I still play like every cool. tour. So um, yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, we don't. It's, it's kind of it's pretty pathetic actually i rely on my bass my bassist garen my cousin because he is a total he's a total gear nerd so he knows everything yeah there you go there you go no i find <laughs> i find it i'm not going to generalize because someone will will you know rip me apart for this but i do find that the <laughs> best players and the best songwriters are typically not the gear nerds the gear nerds are typically the people that aren't that good at playing or writing <laughs> so they have to have something <laughs> to uh you know to know about oh, that's yeah. easy to know yeah. about because it's much easier to read about guitar pedals and fuck around with sounds than it is to uh to actually write and and play good but hey i there guess you go. so i don't know i'm that gonna get some is, heat for that yeah no i don't know that stuff is rocket science to me like I oh don't okay know. I, yeah I it's different I, I mean the gear stuff i can't i don't know i'm not we are the guitar the girl who played has been playing guitar with us l um She's amazing. She she's plays in this band called Poema, and yeah, she heard it with her sister. And she is like she's one of those people, though. She can sing amazing. She can write songs, and she just knows her shit with gear. She's like can play. She's a killer <sighs> player. So it's just you know she's just, I don't know. She makes you want to quit music. Up. That's what I when yeah, I people yeah, like that. I'm like, like oh god. Like why am I the, like, <laughs> the, the front person for a band? I can't even turn my amp on <laughs> well that's a bit of a new thing like taking over all the lead vocal uh duties right yeah. on the, the new the new ic record i'm only dreaming which comes out february 17th on equal vision records um you are uh the prominent vocalist like on the entire yeah. thing right yeah i mean we it's true i i had to take on uh, the extra duties but um so it was challenging but it's it's worked out you know we we live you know it's I don't, we're still trying to figure out how to make it all work live, but I think we've pulled it off so far. So it's been, you know, like I said, it's, it's challenging for me because I'm so used to having, you know, bouncing off a vocal to someone else or passing off or, or, you know, it's very weird place to be in just like all of a sudden, but you know, I, and it's fun. It's fun as hell. I don't mind it. It's just, you know, learning curve and more pressure on you i guess more pressure yeah yeah well is it is it hard live when you've played some of those songs like so many times and now all of a sudden it's like oh i have to sing like all these other parts is that yeah weird? yeah it's just exhausting i'm like uh-huh. oh i never and I, I never fully appreciated someone who carried all the vocals before until now you right know? There you go. This, well, this is yeah. the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. So <laughs> yeah. we typically do talk about how, how hard our lives are and, uh, yeah, how difficult we have it. Right. You know, poor us. Poor us. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just so hard. Um, so, yeah, you say so you work with Will Yip. Um, mm-hmm. And did you have, did your sister sisters collaborate on the record at all? Or were they like basically, no, we're out of the band. We're like, we're not even, or did you kind of still run some ideas? Pass no. Them? Like, how did it work? 
No, it was they had all moved uh, to Nashville and were not involved at all. So it was really just me and um, Garen, who, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, yep. and, of course, and yeah. he actually helped a lot. Um, the, you know, the singles that we have out now, um, other than there's one, Louder Than a Lion, I wrote that one by myself, but the other two singles he co-wrote with me. Yeah. Just the music, he would send me music and he'd be like, I love this music, can you write over it? And um, so that that was really cool and really helpful. And, you know, he's a great songwriter. So but otherwise, you know, I just kind of had to put get myself in the mindset of just the fact that I had to do the whole project. And, you know, it was it was, you know, with a lot of self-doubt, you know, as a, you know, lead singer trying to have now I'm to write out the songs. I'm like, oh, my God, like people are like all our fans who have loved us for what we have been are now like, it's all hinging on me, like to carry, you know, carry this torch and I was excited about it, but Oh my God, can I do this kind of thing? And so it was scary, but you know, with Will and Garen, they're great. Working with Will is amazing. He's so good at what he does. Um, nice. Great. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to do the next record with him. That guy's he's so sick. But awesome. um, Well, it's great. You're already talking about the next record. I, I love yeah. that. Oh gosh. Um, for sure. You know, I, I listened to, I guess, yeah, the two, you have two songs out from the, from the new record that comes out in February, right? We have three now. Three. Okay. Yeah. I only heard two yeah. of them, but the, okay. uh, the, the, what struck me about the songs right away is the, I, I hate using the word mature like I hate using that word and I hate hearing that word even more than I hate using it but I'm gonna tell you why I really felt like it was mature mm-hmm. because the I felt like the songwriting and, and some of the chord progressions and then melodies you were using over the chord progressions were actually quite complex and cool. I and I don't know if that's something that you I know you said that Garen wrote some of the music, but I just kind of wonder if that's something that you tried to expand on, tried to be a little more out there with some of the arrangements and 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 chord progressions, or if that's just something that's kind of come naturally. Um. Yeah, I don't like honestly. I don't know. <laughs> this is gonna sound dumb, but I don't know how I write songs. Like when I look back after I write this song. I just, I'm going, whoa, how, how did I even do that? I don't, I don't know. It's like the songs that are come out of me that I, that I believe are great songs are the ones that I tried the least hard at. And that's just, <laughs> you know, that I just yeah. kind of like didn't think about in my brain, just kind of let it happen. Um, and I'm not one of those people who writes constantly either. I know some people are. Max is a songwriter who, who he writes constantly. He's always writing songs and, I don't, I'm not like that. You know, if I know we have a project, you know, we have to work on the next record, I'll like hunker down and I'll just go in a closet and, and write, you know, and really try to get lost in the songwriting. But otherwise I'm not just, you know, I don't write a lot of songs. It's not. So the ones that we have on the record, um, it was, that was almost all that I even had written. There was a few more that, you know, we kind of, you know, we threw tossed around, but, um, you know, Will and Garen, we went through and just kind of picked, you know, the best ones. And I, I don't know. I think, I think Will is super, he was super helpful. I mean, definitely a lot of the kind of the arrangement stuff with the songs, um, which probably sounds like kind of next level for Isley was Will's ear, like okay. kind of shifting. Cause he's, you know, and I learned a lot from him. It was really cool to work with someone who wasn't 
you know, we self-produced the last one. And then before that, we just had all these kind of random big producers at the labels would throw at us. So having someone who was like a peer who was like just super talented, you know, kind of like put some fresh perspective on it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I We'll see <laughs> if I actually can do it again, you know, after on the next record. Oh, but, well, you're um, going to get better at it. You know? <laughs> I hope so. That's, that's, I, that's all I want. That's how these things are supposed to work anyways. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get better and better, you know, the songwriting. And I just, you know, I want to go to shows and have kids sing these songs, you know, back and see it, you know, in their faces that it's done something for them that's touched their lives or it's going to help them. And that's what else. I mean, of course, like, yeah, part of being in a band is just like you're doing it because you just love singing and playing and you just get off to that. But, you know, the other big part is just, it does help. It does help these people. Like it, they, they do. You, they tell you, and they, you talk to them, you connect with them, and they're like, "This got me through this hard time in my life," or, "Or I didn't commit suicide because your song came on the radio," yeah, Jesus, whatever stuff like that. Yeah. But it's for real, and it's crazy. But it's so things like that. You're just like, "Whoa, shit!" Like this is why. I mean, I love doing this, and it actually is doing something productive in life. You know, it's not just for me. So. Absolutely. And, and I can definitely, definitely relate to that as yeah. well. You know? Um, yeah, man, I, I just can't imagine like I'm, I'm, we're in the middle of like, you know, we're starting to record like next month or whatever. And, and I'm sitting here oh, cool. like I'm having trouble, like, you know, balancing my time. I just can't imagine yeah. you saying, oh, I'm in my closet writing songs. Meanwhile, <laughs> your two girls are like running around the kitchen and like maybe your husband's on tour. I don't know. Like that. I just can't. Like I have so much respect for you being able to Aww, do that. And that you. is that is incredible. So the new Isley record, February 17th. Mm-hmm. Check it out, okay. everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I do love the thing you said about how the songs you think are the best songs are the ones that, that came easier to you. And yeah. I, I think that's so funny. And it reminds me of, um, I was reading an interview a long time ago when I was a kid with um, Billy Corgan of Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins when he said, he was talking about the song Today. And he's like, oh, God, he's yeah. like I pour like my heart and soul into all this. And all anybody wants to talk to me about <laughs> is a song that I wrote in five minutes. You know? Yes. And it's, I think I've heard that before. I mean, hey, buddy, it's a great song. Sorry. It's a great, yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> and it's like almost speaks to like, hey, maybe we need to dumb it down and like, why yeah. are we using all these chords? But then I hear, you know, the Isley song, like the first one you have on your website or whatever, like, you know, that's embedded in there. And I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. This is like, has this wall of sound and it has this, Ooh. this, this there's so much going on and, and it's, you know, so interesting. So I think it's good to, to have, to have that combination. Thank you. Yeah. I just, you know, I just, I just do what every, every one hopefully is doing and just writing what you want to hear and what you love. You know, I, I never really try for a certain style or, or anything other than I want to, I'm always just thinking, do I want to hear this melody over and over again? Is this is this melody unique enough? Is someone actually going to want to like sing this? You know, I, so it's I'm always I'm a, just a big melody. That's my thing is melody. melody and yeah. if I if I feel like a melody, like to me, the music is way less important. Even the lyrics are not as important. If if there's no melody there to like catch your ear and and get you like do something to you, then then no one's going to want to listen to the lyrics. So. Um, when you're working I, I on a melody, 
when you're working on a melody, um, you know, you're a guitar player, obviously, and you're probably when you're writing, you're sitting with a guitar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you just kind of humming along like with chords and then figuring out a melody that way? Or do you like record a guitar part and like try to put a melody over with an instrument? Or how, how do you uh, how do you actually do that? Usually I just kind of, you know, mess around with my guitar or, you know, sometimes I'll even just like put on a drum loop and, and sing to that um just having a beat i always need a rhythm something yeah. you know something there to like anchor it and then um i go from there and something i found that really helps whenever i'm trying to come up with lyrics is i don't know like whenever you're messing with a melody and you catch on to something that you really love just like making different sounds phonetically that sound pleasing and oh, that yeah. really helps me yeah because then you're like wait a minute that i want to make that phonetic sound with that melody part so it really helps knock lyrics out of my head um so it's yeah yeah <laughs> that's know. funny i yeah, probably cause... look like a total idiot if someone saw me writing a song they would just be like what this girl is like on drugs what is oh, i have some something? like i have some like <laughs> hilarious voice notes i've made like on you know just on my phone where i'm just like oh. humming saying <laughs> lyrics that don't make sense while playing guitar yes. like some of them when i was younger like my mom's in the kitchen like being like shay time for dinner (laughs) and i'm like singing some song like it's you know absolutely ridiculous but yeah no one wants to hear my my if anyone just got into my phone and got my voice notes i would just i would be ruined I just don't want to hear that stuff. I know. Some of the notes I make to myself, like, I'm like, oh, it's in this key. It's in this tuning. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then that's... you go back and you're like, wait a minute. What? I can't even remember what that was at all. I know. That's, that's it's funny. Weird. Well, my favorite, too, is, and I wonder, I want to know if this happens to you. I'll, like, come out with come up with a riff or an idea or something. And I'll be like, oh, this is so awesome. And I'll, like, record it so I won't forget it. Then, mm-hmm. like, a week, a month later, I'll listen back and be like, that's a total shit idea. Like, what was <laughs> I thinking? Oh, yeah. Of course, no, there's, like that's what I'm saying, I have the worst, the absolute worst things in voice memo, where I'm like, <laughs> well, I was like, you know, I would wake up, because I was like dreaming a melody, and I wake up and you hear me like kind of mumbling something in my phone, and then later, I'm just, what was I thinking, that sounded good in my dream, but in reality, <laughs> that's not a good song, but I actually have had some really good, like, melodies and, and stuff that I've, I've you know, that come when you're sleeping and your brain is just kind of untethered. And, and, you know, if, if I'm lucky, I can get it down. But, um, I always love when that happens. It's really fun. That's cool. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen to me. I, I wish it did. Maybe I have to mm-hmm. take some weird sleeping medication or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Could help me out. Yeah. Always resort to drugs is what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that kids. Um, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I know you're heading out on tour, a headlining tour. Uh, when does that start, and and uh, who who are out with you guys? We are going out. Um, it's in February. It's February and March, and it's around the time that the record comes out. Um, I think maybe the fifteenth we head out. But um, it's with a band called Civilian and a band called Backwards Dancer, who are also um, just oh gosh, just I'm big fans of both cool. the bands. Cool, so, that's the um, best. Yeah, it'd be really fun. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, yeah. and um, you're planning on on bringing bringing the kids along again, or what's the plan? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they're coming. Kids are, yeah, kids are coming. Max is going to be there watching them and, you know, doing daddy duty while, <laughs> while I'm being a rock star. You know? There you go. Being a rock star. <laughs> well, I love it so much. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy in your car, in the peace and quiet. Maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's a nice little break. No, this has been awesome. Yeah, I've got my, they're in there running around 
driving Max crazy, I'm sure. They're no, they're I'm kidding. They're so chill. I got so lucky so far with our kids. Like, you know, um, knock on wood, they're they're just the chillest, most fun kids to be around. So, you know, they're easy on us. Perfect. Well that's well <laughs> yeah. that's great. And thanks again for doing this and uh and say hi yeah. to Max for me. I will. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great day, Sherry. Thank you. <laughs> you too, thank you. So there it is, my conversation with Sherry Dupree Bemis of Isley. Uh, such a great chat. I really enjoyed it, especially some of the stuff they're talking at the end about songwriting and all the different techniques. And it must be crazy to be married to such a you know genius songwriter and be a songwriter yourself and have that that kind of connection over music. And, and um, it really, really is a cool thing. Next week, we will be back this time on Monday. I mostly promise. (laughs) And if you like the show, please go on iTunes. Please write a review. But the best thing you can do to help the show, other than joining the All Access Club, of course, is just to tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a couple friends. You know, tell uh, whoever in your life thinks would care about hearing conversations between two lead singers. I'm having a great time with the show. I hope you are too. And I just want to spread the word and make this thing as grand as it can be. Grand is an underused word, I think. I like that word. Grand. Anyways, hey, thanks again. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Monday, presumably. As always, I will leave you with a tune. Isley, their brand new record, I'm Only Dreaming, comes out February 17th, I think. Yes, I think that's what we said. Here is... One of their new singles, it's called You Are Mine on Lee Singer Syndrome. Just love.
Hey, now this episode's over. Um, you know what? If you're pissed about the fact that this episode wasn't up on Monday morning, first thing, bright and early, you know what? I don't care. You know what? You can shut up. But, or you can not shut up and you can call the lead singer syndrome hate line at 657-666-HATE. Again, that's 657-666-HATE. Leave me a message and uh, yeah, you suck, guy. Bye.